0: Hey there, welcome to ATL 29, a no longer Peachtree Hoops podcast where you look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Shenard. I'm here with Glenn Willis. We're recording on a Friday night in between the Thunder and Clipper games. And Glenn, I just want to start by saying the podcast is not dead. And any reports of our demise were premature. The story of my life. <laughs> I know. Still here, Still kicking. We we may ask you to subscribe to some new stream. Uh, you know, we may have to uh change the name, but I don't even think we have to change the name because uh, you know, p- part of the reason for the initial tagline where I would say ATL and 29 of Peach Tree Hoops Podcast is because we were supposed to be the Peach Tree Hoops Podcast and we were bringing ATL and 29 into that fold. And I was leaving the door open if somebody else at Peachtree Hoops wanted to do a podcast. So, the name Peachtree Hoops Podcast is going to die, but I think we'll still be ATL in twenty nine, no matter where we go. I like it. I like so it. yeah. I have
1: to admit, it took me like before I had anything to do with this, it took me a good year, and a have to figure out what the name was about. Oh. I was I I was like, demographics, How does this fit? I can't. No, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm a I've got to be embarrassed. Kind of embarrassed to say it, but uh, yeah. Eventually, someone just outright said what it was, and I was like, "Oh, that makes so much sense." How did it...
0: I, I'm I'm always very glad that uh, the Hawks are first in the alphabetical listing of teams. Absolutely, it Absolutely. saves. I, I must have saved like 36 hours of my life just scrolled down. A, boom, that's the team I want to see.
1: Before we get into basketball, I should tell you this story. So I, I'm an identical twin, right? Yes. Uh my identical twin brother and I graduated in the class of, I want to guess, about 450 people. We went to the school one year, our senior year. His move and all that sort of stuff. But he was a top 10 graduate. He was 10. Yes. And so when they lined us up to enter the auditorium where our graduation was happening, guess who was very, very first? They went 10, 9, 8. You know, they did the inverse of the first 10 and made him first. Okay. Last name is Willis. You want to guess who the last person to enter the auditorium <laughs> wasn't in the top 10 was? Huh. That's
0: disappointing. What are, the disappointing. Odds?
1: What are the, I mean you teach math, right? What are the odds that that would that's how it would end up.
0: That's certainly very strange. Uh yeah, I don't know. That that seems that seems tough to do. Right, I, I wanted to say it.
1: something about the last being first and the first being last or something, but I don't I don't. He's just smart. He's smarter than me, so.
0: I can do about it uh- oh well, there's still time to catch up. <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. <laughs> I better get to work. The gap's pretty big <laughs> uh so the the Hawks had a couple of wins uh not a couple of wins a couple of games uh, a loss to the Bulls a win over the thunder. uh do you have any super duper takeaways from those two games?
1: I I thought the I thought the Bulls game was frustrating because um, I I know that they didn't play very well in the first half. There were a lot of things to kind of point to point the finger at and kind of be frustrated by. By the third, I thought in the third quarter they got complete control of the game, controlled that whole quarter basically, and then all they had to do was figure out some way to I don't know tread water while Trey was out, um, and it just didn't happen. That I mean, nothing came together in those minutes. Um, yeah, and you like- know. And then the, you know, it's like the turnover. They stopped turning the ball over so much in the third quarter. And it's like in the fourth quarter, they just they couldn't get the juice back. So it's frustrating to see that. I know they were you know, short two of their key players, um, and that happens and stuff like that. But OKC game, they were more resilient, I thought. I mean, OKC plays at a maddening pace as well. Um, but they got control in the third quarter, kind of. And then maintain control going through the fourth, even though they, they tried to kind of open the door, I like, think at least one time there in the fourth quarter. But you know, the, I feel like the last few weeks before the, the all-star break is like the most it's like the heaviest grind of the season for teams. And right. uh I think that's where everybody is right now. And uh and I I think you have to keep that in mind when you watch the team. But Still, what, six and two in the last eight? So, hopefully, still feeling good as a team and we'll um, play well against the Clippers tomorrow.
0: So, <clears throat> you know, going back to that Bulls game, because I, I think that Bulls game was a particularly good example of the Hawks struggle without Trey. Like if you look at the on off splits for the Hawks this season, they are plus 53 with Trey on and minus 74 for the season with, with Trey off. They're just better with him on than they are with him off. He's their best player. They're, uh, they're all-star. We we'll can get back to that in a minute, too. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be an all-star this season, but right. he's 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 the one on their team right now with the most all-star uh honors in the in his past, or at least in his most recent past. So uh what what should the Hawks be doing when when he's not out there? And what what parts of that have they been done doing and what parts of that uh do you think that they still need to? add to to whatever it is they have when he's not on
1: i mean there's a few things we talked about a little bit of it but i mean it's harder when they don't have hunter um you know as an option um and but i still wish they would play through uh, onyeka uh in that situation i feel like you know it's like in that bull game DeJounte was dribbling into some terrible turnovers right it's just as one example and it's not like he I'm not suggesting he should never handle the ball, he should never initiate. That would I mean the whole trade would be pointless if that were the idea. Right. Um, but I still think that there are times when that offense would flow if they were playing sort of uh delay action or other kind of five out action, uh getting the other opposing big away from the rim. I think that opens up opens up uh kind of more space there. And um, and especially if you're working in Yucca and JC, you know, it gives space for JC to kind of duck in, kind of take a mismatch down there and things like that. So I I know it's a it's it's hard to imagine that actually happening on an 18 running a completely different um, set of principles when Trey is on versus when Trey is off, um, and it's not like I I think they should do that every possession when Trey is off, but I I'd, I'd like to see them kind of get more to that and 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 take the pressure off Dejounte to kind of get them into everything. Now, if if Bogey were 100. percent You've got some solutions there, and in fact, against the against the Thunder, Nate called a good timeout in the fourth quarter. I thought Trey was going to come back in right away, and they the adjustment that was made in the timeout was they started playing through bogey, and they got uh, six points in the next two possessions. A good shot in the third possession there, yeah. So that that worked right. out. So you know, I mean, part of the issue is just there's not a lot there, especially if you're missing Hunter. Um, and then if bogey, you never know. Right now, you're getting 40% bogey, 70% bogey, something else. It's hard to know. But for me, it's like let's play through Jalen and yucca That's 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 kind of what I would. If, if Jalen's on the floor, play through JC and Nyeko. You know, flip that. And that's what I, I I'd like to see them try that. I can't stand here and say I know it would work. You know, but I feel like there's some untapped opportunity there to do that. And that's what I'd like to. See was as kind of the first shot of an adjustment
0: yeah i w- i was nervous about that change at first i was like oh they're they're, they're gonna run it through bogey and and you know <laughs> the last couple of weeks my goodness like i it, it feels like teams have been able to take away uh you know anything that he can do off the dribble like he he's it seems like he's hesitating a little bit on his jump shot, just because he's he's got to me- kind of measure out. You know, can I attack a closeout? Should, you know, it just seems like he's a little bit more hesitant, unless he just knows, okay, this is a catch and shoot, and it's going to be there. Like, I don't know. And and all the drives just seem very very methodical. Like he's got to he's got to make contact and just kind of drive through the contact, as opposed to you know anything else. Just. You know, leveraging how much somebody's how hard somebody's closing out or whatnot, but he he made it happen. I mean, he's still obviously an unbelievably gifted offensive player, but I'm I'm concerned for the months that he took off in the hopes that okay, you know, we're going to rest, we're going to do it right, and he's going to come back and it's going to be great because now he'll finally be healthy and rested. And it just I don't know, it doesn't really look like it to the eye test.
1: I'm I'm hoping the break is. Like exactly what he needs, you know. And I would, I would be tempted to like just sit him like the last two games before the break, just, you know, give, try to give him a whole two weeks there. Um, that, that comes down to probably who else is available and what happens at the, you know, um, in the run up to the trade deadline and all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, it's, I mean, he's a he's a sort of a swing factor every night right now if he's if he's gonna if he can make two or three key shots especially in the second half it gives them a huge boost if he can't um and and they can't kind of figure out a defensive role for him that might work a little bit for him then it's you know i see a lot of talk on uh, Twitter and elsewhere about he just, they just need to pull him today. You know, it's too, it's just, it's too much. And I, I've felt that way myself a few times, you know, where it's like, man, if he's not making shots and they're going up against a team that really does how to attack, you know, um, vulnerable point of attack defense. That, uh, But, you know, big picture zooming out. It's like they, they have to have him, you know, yeah. they have no shot without him, whatever amount of juice he can give them. They have to have every bit of it. Um, that's just where they are as a team with the roster construction and the lack of depth and such. But Uh, how do you think? I like, I like, I'd like to see a get more opportunity to initiate. That's, I mean, I I know it's not going to happen, but that's what I'd like.
0: Fair enough. Um, how how do you think the Hawks did defending against you know Oklahoma City's five out stuff, which is just you know, different. It just seems like they sort of take it to the extreme with the skill and the size of the players that they have, you know, just going so unbelievably small and really spreading you out. it, It seems like a difficult challenge and, you know, it creates some, I don't want to say weird basketball, but, you know, maybe, you know, giving up 120 points or something is a good effort against them because it's just such a different version of basketball to take into an extreme
1: Yeah, and and, I mean, and Shea is just so good. Well, yeah, (laughs) you know, I mean, I I mean, it's I I liked him in the draft and all that. I never thought he'd be this kind of a shot maker. I mean, he's it blows my mind every time I watch him play, and I watch him play every chance I get because he's he's a great watch. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where like you know, again, the grind, game to game to game, seeing a completely different kind of team. Like the Bulls, you know, go pretty slow, and and unless you turn it over, and then they will absolutely you know race to the basket Uh, in the half court though they take an eternity right right then you go next game you get to this and it's and it takes a quarter or sometimes a half you know especially in this middle of the season where it's where this real grind and i mean sometimes i know hawks fans maybe don't want to see it this way but treading water for that first half was a fine goal (laughs) you know not you know so and then in the third quarter i mean the shock of all shocks was that they Put bogey on Shay, and and and, and what I, you know, and and bogey did exactly what they needed to do, right? And it reminded mm-hmm. me so much of when like Gallo was defending Randall on that Knicks series a few years ago, and he was what like one and a half strides in those steps off of Randall and just cutting off like those uh two direct kind of dribble uh drive lanes, and that's what. That's what Bogey did, and, and and it's interesting because I I realize like you you'll see this a lot in in Europe, uh, and so it's like oh it kind of makes sense that Gallo kind of could execute this, and now that uh, Bogey can execute that, where um, if a guy just doesn't have the lateral movement, they'll just drop him. And just say, just don't let him dribble like right through you or right past you, you know, and, and nudge him towards some help and things like that. But basically, Bogey was on. It felt, I mean, I don't remember exactly what it was. Bogey was, depending on Shea, like I don't know the most of the second half, like the whole fourth quarter stretch. Shea was on. Bogey had him, and it was just fascinating to see that. And, and Shea couldn't really kind of do anything with it. So, you know, first half, tread water, figure something out. Um, you know, attack the offensive glass and still and try to get enough guys back, which those two kind of polar opposite kind of objectives are hard to cover in in kind of one setting. Um, but then you know, then the Hawks' offense took over. I mean, Trey kind of took over that game, you know, for a portion of, of the fourth quarter, and um, I mean. Is I know that Hawks fans see OKC as a team that's still working up through a rebuild and want to think it should be an easy win, but they're not an easy win ever right now. (laughs)
0: You know, that was a good win. Like, I think it uh, would be easier to play them in the playoffs if you just kind of got used to them and you had some halfway decent personnel for matching them and it's just not such a curveball. Yeah, I was, I had a
1: conversation with someone on Twitter and I was like, they're not going to be able to continue playing this way when they are are starting to try to do become a serious team.
0: Right.
1: Um, because this there's just too many um things to take advantage of or once you get to that point of season, smart teams that can plan and prepare will uh take advantage of that. But I love is it a way to get Jalen Williams reps, Josh Giddy
0: reps, you know, yeah. Yeah. rep volume, you know. <laughs> when you said draft about Shea before, I was like, I thought you were segueing to Jalen Williams. I was like yeah, he's pretty good.
1: You're right. He's the one that I, I said on this podcast, he's the one I, I wanted the Hawks to take. Yeah. Uh, I'm thrilled with AJ, you know. Yeah. So I, I definitely, but I mean, but I mean, yeah, you if you're the Thunder or a Thunder fan, you have to be
0: absolutely thrilled with Jalen Williams too. Yeah. Um, speaking of AJ, he's, you know, in, in, Talking about, you know, facing the Clippers tomorrow, he said something to the effect today of uh, that he thought the the Clippers game in L.A. was sort of a turning point for the season, which, you know, to my, that that feels about right. That seems to be Mm -hmm. when they really kind of tightened some things up. Um, You know, we've seen Trey get a lot better defensively i thought he kind of bridged that kind of split the the difference a little bit in okc okay, i didn't think he was great on defense but like maybe you know in, in that kind of pace i think he needed to save a little bit and it worked out like he carried them in the second half like i thought that was an absolutely masterful trade game uh for for what you could kind of get and, and expect out of him on both ends but i, I to go back to aj for a second I'm tired of talking to AJ and you think why he's such a nice kid. He's 19 years old. Okay. Some context. Uh, We go to practice, we go to shoot arounds at the practice facility. Some days you make a request. There are some players, if you ask for them, they're not coming out. Deandre Hunter just really doesn't like to do a whole lot of talking. So he just, you know, he doesn't want to do it. Other players don't want to do it. I swear to golly goodness, we get AJ like 70% of the time now. And it's like, you know, you, you gotta live up to your media responsibilities as nice and as affable as it is. And it's probably something where you can say, hey, Rug, you go deal with it for us. You know, it's like it's it's getting a little bit counterproductive. I'm I'm tired. I, I, can, I need other a players conversion. besides AJ if we're going to tell the story of the Hawks for the 2022-2023 20, season. That sounds perfectly reasonable. But yes, we we love AJ, but we need we need some variety to cover the team properly. It doesn't help that you know we also have Nate and and I Nate's a wonderful person, but he's also not a revelatory interview. <laughs> no, so. no. There's that. All right. I know. I I digress. What else should we be talking about, Glenn? I the Clippers game should be fun. You know, I mean that that
1: the one in L.A. was fun to watch. It was it was fascinating to me to see T. Lou uh, close with Zubac, but that's not normally the way he goes. Where that game was right, and Trey ate up the drop coverage uh mm-hmm. like he does a lot. Um, so it'll be it'll be fascinating to see uh kind of which which direction they go um in this case so i mean the clippers are a fun team so i just enjoy i mean i enjoy enjoy some terrence Mann, and uh, i don't enjoy marcus Moore, the morris twins so much uh but i mean you know but do you enjoy fun. reggie jackson uh My more, than, more than more than the average person i am I'm, I'm, really? I'm pretty i'm pretty pro reggie mm-hmm. um i you know i i think he's i think he's always trying to help his team even when he's not helping his team, it's kind of, it's one of those kind of things that's like, it's coming from a good place. It's like, you know, pe- people will make fun of like some of the moments he's had the last few years when the Clippers have had a rough, you know, roster with injuries and everything. And he's just a guy I like, he's like, okay, I'll go out and try to score. I'll try to go out and create offense, even though, yeah, he's, there's he's not. In that. you know, and just, his, he'll step up and try, you know? And I just kind of, kind of respect that. Um So I I enjoy him in that sense. But, you know, Luke Kennard is enjoyable. Terrence Mann is enjoyable. Zubach is enjoyable. Batum, you know, great team guy kind of connector. So there are other other guys uh, there as well. But, you know, I I enjoy watching him play. But, um, you know, I think what this will come down to is, uh, you know, what can they get from Kawhi? What can they get from PG? You know, what can the Hawks do to throw some point of attack defense out there? And what kind of uh, – it's going to take help and – you know, really, really good defensive team principles to kind of deal with all that. So from that standpoint, I think it's going to be one of the most interesting games the Hawks have played in a while. Thank yeah. Hunter. Hunter, Hunter should play, sounds like, and so thank goodness for that because it would be <laughs>
0: precipitous if not for him his availability. Yeah, it makes a big difference to have DeAndre Hunter and, and you know, Paul George should be in this one too. So, right, uh, you know. I, as you were mentioning that that could impact, I think maybe you know whether or not they would hesitate to to play without Zubac at the end and go go with a different strategy and try to frustrate Trey in a different way because you know recent recent uh, a recent match that didn't pan out for them. So I, I'm interested to see what happens there. And and having DeAndre Hunter is. Is good after after a couple of days of uh, not having him for the asthma symptoms and and I asked you a question the other day and I said we should postpone it till the pod and it's like if you were to literally include everybody like all NBA players if we round it to I was going to round it to four fifty so like fifteen players a team like if you were to rank them one to four fifty based on point of attack defense where would you put DeAndre Hunter?
1: I think my answer then was, like, comfortably top 25.
0: Yeah, that, that's about where I would put him too. I think he's he's probably going to be somewhere in that 15 to 30 range. Yep.
1: Yeah, and then I think for me, when you add in his excellent interior help defense, I mean, considering all, I, I think he's been a top 40 defender this year. You know, um, Clint's in that top 25 to me. Uh, he's that dynamic of a big he's that unique what he gives you um but I mean that and I mean the record will tell you they can't really sustain any any thing without those two guys maybe can get a win now and then with missing just one of those two guys but they don't win when they don't have those two guys you know <laughs> i I throw JC as a a top sixty defender probably i, I mean i I that's maybe I'm making too much of his ability to organize and the weak side help. And you know, maybe it's 70, I don't know, but I just he JC has helped them win some games they had no shot at winning this year. And then, um, you know, and yet yeah, I don't know, is he top 100, top 120? Like it, it's really hard because he has some kind of up and down in some settings where he, he just doesn't really have it. And then there's other settings where he dominates for key stretches, so it's, he's harder to kind of pin. Yeah, People would think DeJounte's, DeJounte's probably, what, a top, like a 70, 70th percentile defender in the league, something like
0: that. Yeah, it's trickier with guards because right. you, for most guards, you are just always at a side disadvantage. Like if if you talk about playing him, yeah, I don't know. That seems about right. And again, I with Hunter, I was sort of trying to do it as sort of like a point of attack defender and right uh, as opposed to just all around defense. But yeah, I, uh, that seems about about right. Yeah, I
1: mean, they need Dejounte's defense, like his disruptive, his ability to disrupt plays, create stills apply ball pressure he's he's kept out of the trouble so that yeah you know, i may not be giving him enough of kind of the john collins points i give john a lot for how he helps his teammates and DeJounte at times really gives them a lot in in that area so maybe i i'm, I'm, I'm not giving him enough credit for that but it, but it just goes to show like after that you're talking you're not talking about anybody who's in the top half of that 450 you know <laughs> so they gotta have those guys you know right they gotta have you know they gotta have those guys, so it's um, yeah, again yeah, the trade deadline is getting ever you know every bit closer, and it just still curious if they're gonna actually Jalen Jalen could be in the
0: top half, I like that, yeah, I think that's good catch which which game would do he had like he had like a stupendous block against Oklahoma City like I think in the moment it was like okay, Jalen got a block, and then if you like went back and looked at it, it's like, woo! It was it was like a chase down block, but really in like the half court, but he just like rotated right. so fast It's like, yeah, that that's that's that was a cover. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. I you know
1: I mean a little embarrassed because I've been the one saying for weeks and weeks now he has to play in my mind. You know, and he and he does give them a lot on defense. His his athleticism, his ability to—I mean, against Oklahoma City, his rebounding was. In his minutes were so critical, you know. And um, so so yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, he's not quite as important as those other guys, but if you're just evaluating like his where he performs, I think, I think you know, top two twenty five, you know, is uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that seems very fair. You know, so yeah, I'm excited. I I I'm still excited about him, Um and hope he can continue to get get that opportunity. But it, I mean, that it just tells you how narrow the margin is for this team. They got to have Clant. They got to have Hunter. They obviously have to have Trey, and really even defensively, they have to have Dejounte. You know, they have to have Anyeka. They have to have you know, it, two of those guys are out, and the area it all the whole plan falls apart. One of those guys is out. You hope you get a B minus C plus effort from the opposing team that night, and you kind of get enough. But man, it's a it, you'd love to see them fortify that. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, Jake Fisher had another article come out today, and apparently the Blazers are open to moving Josh Hart because it sounds like they don't think his con- what he expects to get in that contract is going to fit. It's like, man, how brilliant would he be on the Hawks, you know? Just uh, some size and some point of attack defense and some just versatility offensively. But I mean, I was like, I don't think it makes sense to uh, go get them if you're not, if you're not, if you're going to operate under the tax the next one or two seasons because you're not going to keep them. Um, But yeah, my expectations are pretty low that they're going to make a meaningful move because of where they are and just juxtaposition to the cap. But it sure would help be able to give Bogey. A night off here and there. Give Hunter, uh, you know, you know, three games in five days, and you know, if if they're going to chase a top six seed, they need a
0: a little more than they have right now. I'm I'm afraid. And let's assume that they don't. (laughs) So let's. what, What what's your ultimate sort of like penny pincher move that the Hawks is just, you know, without sacrificing a ton of assets and and you know, something that you could do within sort of the cap margins. Is there one, one player, or at least one style of player that you're like, you know, even if it's sort of a third string guy, they need one of these. What what, what would you try to go out and get, or who specifically would you go try to go out and get?
1: Yeah. it, it, it It's so hard. Um, you know, I think about, you know, having some shooting at the five, like the would be a great option, you know, uh, as a third center to give you just a different kind of thing offensively uh to drag an opposing big out to get a Joel beat out of the paint, you know, on some possessions to get Brooke Lopez out of the paint on some possessions and things like that. I mean, but if you're, if you're going to do penny pinching with like defensive wings, like, I, you know, are, are the bulls, it sounds like the bulls want two first round picks for Caruso, but are they going to maybe look at moving, um, green or AO, you know i mean i what does that even i mean you know th- both of those would be awesome gets for the hawks but what does that look like i don't i don't really know um you know could you get uh josh akogi for like really cheap you know right. and he's offensively it's a tough thing but if if anyone can make it work maybe trey can kind of get that to work but you know he give you something that would work on defense for the even if it's just eight minutes a night when Hunter's off the floor and you don't have Clint or something, you know. So those are the guys that come to mind for me. Um, it, it's so hard to kind of think of really any anything else that, that jumps out for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I And, you know, if they don't, I think, you know, for for whatever they can do here down the stretch, I think they need to play Trent Forrest more, not because, you know, you expect Trent Forrest to be in your playoff rotation, but it's, it's, you know, one, they're, they're killing guys on this, like eight player rotation. Like bogey is playing an unsustainable amount of minutes, I think. Um, And you, you're just asking for trouble with some of these 35, 36, 37 minute totals for some players. But I think you need to play Trent Forrest more just because, you know, we, what do you do if DeAndre Hunter is going to miss four games of a playoff series? Like, are you, you just dead? <laughs> right. is, is that it? Like, is that, is that all you got? Like, I, I don't know. I just, I think, I don't know. Maybe it's Aaron Holiday more. I, you know, I. And, and when the, and when the other cards are. Aaron Holiday, and, and he gets a lot of four-minute nights, and it's like, maybe he needs to play 18. Like, but I just, I think they need to keep Forrest ready or maybe he needs more college part-time or something like he's probably a yeah. pro's pro and can get adjusted pretty quickly but man I just I don't know I, I'm yeah, nervous yeah. with the depth there of, of the point of attack defenders if if they don't make that move on the margins
1: yeah I mean Gary Harris maybe maybe that's a guy right they'll um, probably maybe, ask too much yeah I mean we'll see you know um I mean they could use Terrence Ross's shooting if you know, but he's pretty, he has a pretty pricey contract. It's going to be hard to salary match that one. I mean, you can't send Justin out in five trades. <laughs> you right. know, only one, and yeah. then the, then you got to make that enticing in some other way. I I would presume. You know, so I mean, it'll be um, definitely kind of fascinating to see kind of what t- what takes shape and what comes into possibility. And you know, with Travis being out of the mix and decision making and. I, you know, it's it's hard. There's really no history for us to work with <laughs> upon which to base our no. expectations, right? So it's right. it's a crapshoot from those of us kind of on the outside watching, trying to figure out what happened. But I, I just know like, I, you know, it'd be so nice if they could get like a guy like Josh Hart who can handle the ball and defend the other team's best, you know, wing uh, What? Can they go into a kind of a bidding war to get a guy like that? Get you know, uh, if they can't get him, they need something to replicate what Hunter gives him on defense for even if it's just eight minutes a game. Um, if if there's one thing that that's the one thing they have to go get. As much as I'd love to him, them to have another guard that can get DeJounte off ball a little bit more when Trey is like, you know, at the number one thing is like they're dead without deandre i mean at least andyeka gives them what 70 percent of what clint gives them on average you know deandre is not playing they get zero (laughs) of what he gives them on defense you know and so that's that's the thing to address so we'll see if they they're able to make something happen or not
0: uh do you have any strong feelings on trey's uh all Star starter vote that that he finished twelfth in the player vote. I, well, I mean, I think that's a ridiculous result.
1: You know, <laughs> I mean, I I I love Tyler Salad halliburton Even he's had right. an awesome year. He's not better than Trey.
0: Well, he got thirty four votes and Trey got thirteen. Right. Um, Lamello thirteen not votes. Like there's there's seventeen players on the Hawks. Like thirteen votes is not very much. Like Kyrie right. had one twenty eight donovan mitchell had 117 13 and i I think it's 50 50 at best that he even makes the team this year which is fair like you know for as good as he's been the last month like the first couple months was was kind of dicey but yeah i I I get it
1: yeah so my my main response is i don't care about the all-star game at all (laughs) let none zero percent i never watch it Um, I mean, that's not true with the Elam ending. i I, I, yeah, there you go. Yeah, with the Elam ending, it has become more interesting sockets, like second half, and things like that. So, but for me, it's like the the trade that has been here, like the last, I don't know, say three weeks, where the communication on defense is up, engagement on defense is up. I don't mind that he's not making shots. I mean, I, I, to me, I kind of understand like he's exerting more mental energy and physical energy on defense there's gonna be he's gonna need time to kind of know how to regulate his energy investing on both ends like this and i hope he keeps doing it and because the hawks have to have that from him they're going to be a serious team and so if that calls him an all-star game i hope he has the maturity to say like okay this is just part of my process right now where i'm recalibrating kind of where my energy distribution how my energy distribution uh, is going to work and if that costs you an all-star game, I I know he wants to accomplish a lot in his career. I know he has wants to be a, an ambassador for the game. I think he has a lot of good intent around stuff like that, but I'll take this tray. I'll take this tray over any trade I've seen, you know, because I think he's going about it the right way. And we has it before.
0: So, yeah, that's very good. I like that. Um Shoot. I forgot. There was something else I was going to say. And I've, just drawing a blank so uh thanks <laughs> <laughs> well we'll get it next time thanks Kevin. <laughs> all right good night good night